Okay, I'm ready to go when you guys are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just find it amusing you get in the car to do this. <laughs> you can tell us in the car when I smack the dashboard, huh? Yep. Yeah. Alright yep. guys, let's do this. <laughs> Road trip! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're listening to the Relics of War podcast, a podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the community. On the whole, my name is Ryan. Some of you know me as Cole. With me here today is Tigerfeet with the Secret Agent Cat blog. Hello. We've got Tasha from the uh, extremely silly country that once owned all of the world, and now she's just with Split Infinity Radio. Hello, folks. And also, we have Chaz today. I can't hey, think of anything to say about Canada at the moment. Yeah. It'll come to you. I gotta give you guys a break once in a while. We don't give you a break. I don't see why you should give us. I mean, come on. We're allowed, like, I think we're still uh, giving you a hard time over that softwood lumber dispute. I'm not sure I know what that's about. What is it? Uh, bas- okay, from quite a while back, basically, um, emissions from America drifted to Canada, and it was ruining our trees, and lumber is a industry in Canada. So we were kind of all hot and bothered about that. Huh. Meh. And then we were like, like, yeah, well, we got seal carcasses down here, so stick it in your place. Pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so enough of this before we offend too many people. Uh, what, have you guys, <laughs> what have you guys done this week? Anything special? I um, went on a grand adventure into the city to pick up Ghosts of Ascalon, and I've been working on that all this week. I haven't even touched Guild Wars. Everyone in game is probably wondering what the hell happened to me. <laughs> I did notice you've been absent a lot. What are your thoughts on Ghosts of Ascalon? Um, it's better than I thought it would be. I don't think it's the best thing I've read, but it's pretty entertaining. I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Norn are pretty ridiculous after reading it. <laughs> I'm about three quarters of the way through. See, I'm an aspiring novelist myself, so when I read stuff, I always run into the problem of inspiration. So I get, like, a good chapter in, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with my story, so... I'm probably still going to get this book, but I can't say I'm ever going to be able to finish. And that's the only book I've ever really, really finished with extreme interest was Dune. So, See, I have a similar problem because I enjoy writing as well. Except when I read something, I always get into the mindset of, well, that's not how I would do it. And then I nitpick at it. And it that's that's why I probably sound more critical than I am. Kind of funny. It reminds me of a joke. Um how many actors does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Um, 100. One to screw in the light bulb and 99 to say, I could have done that better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For some reason, Skype does not like you saying the word screw today. Every time you said really? the word screw, it went screw. <laughs> <laughs> Might just be my mic. Though, it, did any of you others get Ghost of Ascalon yet or have a chance to read it? Um, yeah, I got nope. it. I actually had some problems getting it over in the UK. The, the day it came out, I went to the local bookstore and they were like, yeah, it's still waiting to be published, uh, which I was like, that's a lie. Stop lying to me. Mm-hmm. And then I went online and everywhere was saying, we, we don't have it, we don't know about it, or it's waiting to be published. So I went and got the electronic version of it, um, which is kind of cool. It's the first time I actually read a novel on the PC. I'm about halfway through. And... Actually, I have to say, I agree with Tiger, it's better than, than I thought it would be. Again, not the most amazing book I've ever read, but it usually takes me about 
you know, four months to go through a normal novel, and I've gone through half of this in less than a week. So I guess that's a compliment. So It is a pretty quick read, I've noticed. I have to say, being halfway through and knowing how far in the story that I am, I feel like it's going to be way too short and rushed at the end. But I'll give my proper feedback on it next week when I'm finished, I think. I'm intrigued to read it just to hear about the Silvari, like the way that Silvari behaves. Sounds like it's really intriguing, the whole idea of somebody that knows a lot but does, isn't real familiar with application of knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My opinion so far is that it's been quite cute. I found it quite endearing. I can yes. see where people find it annoying. Mm. I'm actually really looking forward to getting into the game world and seeing some of these places that they're describing in the book. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, for my news, which is not nearly as enticing to the listeners as Ghost of Ascalon is, um, I landed a new job, which is going to be a commute from home job, which should facilitate my energy for the show a lot better, too, because I won't be as worn out after a good long week. Um, landed a new job. What was the other thing? Oh, I think we've got a really sweet interview coming up maybe next week. I'll keep you guys posted on that, but it's going to be choice. Um, and then in two weeks, we're also bringing on Loudon, who everybody's been hearing a lot about between Guildcast and us. You're actually going to get to know who this smarmy chump is. So it's because he's so loud. He's just Loudon. Loudon. <laughs> Sorry, that <laughs> well, was bad. That was pretty bad. I got to say, that's a dad joke right there coming from a non-dad. <laughs> <laughs> Loudon actually comes from the name of a character in a movie. I think it was like the 70s or 80s. He was a wrestler. I'm talking high school wrestler, not the WWF nonsense. And as a wrestler myself, I could appreciate the name that he chose. So when he comes on, there will be probably a lot of talk about cutting weight and uh, spitting into bottles. I actually didn't do any of that, but that's... Ew. A lot of wrestlers did do that. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So you guys can look forward to getting to know him and hearing he and Tasha pretty much have a piss take over the ranger profession. It'll be good times. I'm a bit worried about what's ha- going to happen. I have this feeling we cut to shreds. I'm looking forward to that, actually. I'm going to bring popcorn. He used to be extremely brutal to rangers. He was really, really nice to bacon and extremely brutal to rangers. It'll be okay, I hope. I'll have medics on standby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will bring the popcorn and the... Bit. TV recorder. The TiVo? Yep. Another thing I want to talk about real quick before we get going into all the segments and stuff is... Oh, and we also got new segment intros this week, so look forward to these. I might put some merch merchandise up for Relics of Ore if people are interested in having that Basefire logo on like a t-shirt or something like that, or maybe even work up some Guild Wars related stuff. I'll talk to Reen and Ed about that. <laughs> well, there we go. Sorry, my wife just stepped out the door and offered me coffee, and I had to head no. <laughs> Why does that remind me of like a 1950s scene? I'm sorry, a 1950s what? A 19... I don't know, it just reminds me of a black and white 1950s ad for like America, where like you see the what, you know, the stay-at-home wife is walking up to give the breadwinner his coffee <laughs> while he's getting into the car. Everyone has a smile on their face, and it just sickens you to no end. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in that, send us some email or any feedback at all. Hop on the forums and let us know if you have interest in wearing the Relics of War face fire logo. Okay. If it had a funny, uh, if it had a funny saying, I would wear it. You know, okay, what's we'll think of one of the sayings that is popular because of us, and we'll try and. I think pie, pie, <laughs> pie over cake, pie over cake. Come on. Or pie is greater than cake. Yeah, pie is greater than cake. Cheesecake beats all. Thank you. 
Or after it's Loudon comes on the show, we could even put the phrase bacon is yum. That was his thing. <laughs> bacon is yum. I love bacon. Buckle up, Spanky, because here comes the first segment intro sound. Kevin, there be something awesome off yon starboard bow. Yar! That be sequel scuttlebutt! And of course, the people here with me have no idea what that's going to sound like. In fact, I don't yet either. But the listeners just got <laughs> it and they were like, that was so pro. <laughs> well, we know it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And Ryan's is having a field day with us. I think Skype has something against you today, Chaz. He's got the Skype pickups. That's what I'm going to call it. Really? Just a sec. <laughs> Those sound effects right there almost had kind of a rhythm to them. Okay, so, sequel Scuttlebutt. This thing is going to be beefy, and I don't know why we took so long to get to it in the first place, because there's so much to talk about. Especially because at uh, Comic-Con... Was it Comic-Con? Yes. Yes, at Comic-Con, ArenaNet kind of went postal on giving us news. Thanks a lot, guys. Gosh. So That was a really, really good blog post, by the way. The the the, the notes where they did the, the panel question and answer, that was really, really good. So, much appreciated from me there. Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. nice. But uh, one of the first things they brought up, so we're just going to go through this list, and I'm, I'm going to try and knock it out really fast. But first of all, NPC gear, the gear that you see on NPCs, NPCs is going to be accessible to players. Uh, so I remember there were a few times, uh, like when I saw Menlo, I wanted his gear. You could get the Tyrion monk gear, but it wasn't quite, I don't know, wasn't quite the same. A lot of the heroes in the um, in your guild hall that are standing around, I noticed. I was looking at them a couple weeks ago and thinking, man, this armor looks awesome. I wish I could wear it. Mm. And then, bang, want, this comes yeah. out. I want Mox's armor. That looks pretty snazzy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need a weapon. He just uses his fists. That's awesome. So here pretty soon we'll see Chaz running around on his Paragon Stark naked. He'll be like, don't worry. <laughs> I've got Mox's yeah, exactly. gear. <laughs> So I've that... now got this vision of a paragon stuck inside of Mox and just being able to see the face through the glass and the chest, just giggling like a little girl while it like, beats stuff up. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, call me Lieutenant Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> also, the die system is going to be uh, muchos better. That's what I wrote there. That's good Spanish right there for you. It says, with more than one channel on the armor for you to apply die. So it's not just... If you apply dye to the armor, one spot changes colors. You can choose which spots, you know, so there'll be like three different areas of the armor that will be changeable per the dye. And then it's also very focused on what material the dye is being applied to as to how it will behave. So I am really, really excited about that because I was running around on my dervish and I wanted her to have bright pink armor to go with her flamingo, right? But they always wear leather and the best pink you can get is kind of a maroon color. And I'm thinking maybe with this new dye system, say someone's wearing leather armor, but they might have a linen undershirt that might be on a different dye channel, and that you will pick up a different – it'll be a different color quality when you dye it than with the leather. So if you want that specific color, there might be a piece on that armor that would dye to that bright color if you want it. And what's also really nice is the way they've divvied up the professions um, types. You have scholars, adventurers, and soldiers. So it's not leather wearers. So if you're, you know, if you're uh, an adventurer, that doesn't mean you're going to be wearing leather all the time. You're going to have the same armor quality and strength, but there will be parts of your armor probably that have some cloth on it and all that. Because ArenaNet kind of looked ahead and said, "Let's free ourselves in regard to this." So mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of options, I think. So I'm just happy that they're bringing the die system back and they're expanding on it. I 
problem with some of the other games I've played when they offer, um, you know, an RPG where you equip armor and everything. Um, sometimes, like the people who design the armor, they don't think about what it's what the armor is going to look like as the player progresses through the game. And sometimes you just look like a multicolored Power Ranger, and it just looks despicably terrible mm-hmm. to the eye. Sometimes and it's nice that they're bringing back die. Chaz was breaking oh, up really? a lot, right? I mean, we got what you said, but I was about to start doing actual hiccups every time you paused out. That way, <laughs> sound really great. It'd be like Chaz has been drinking. <laughs> In fact, I will be doing that. My only problem with the, the die system in Guild Wars One is that do you remember, like right at the start, they had one die system, and then uh, somewhere between I think factions and Nightfall, they changed the entire system around. Yep. And my ranger wears a cut pink die that was really, really popular. Uh, I think pretty much every ranger in the game back in like two, the early 2006 had the elite druid and they all had it dyed this hot pink color. And then they changed the dye system and you couldn't make that color anymore, which I think was a really, really bad idea. Not that they changed the system, but just that you couldn't get the same colors before as you could then. I just be nice that the new dye in Guild Wars 2 allows you to get as much of a range of different colors as you can so that you you know you can get I mean the hot pink's always popular um I think cuz the guys like to run around in the the hot pink nude you know bikinis and what have you <laughs> real men um, wear pink <laughs> real men don't wear pants if no. you can do a vanquish without wearing pants on your character that's pro a new po- a podcast I used to do, I did with an English guy. And one thing we discovered through a lot of misunderstandings that were extremely pro was that the word pants in England means underwear, not trousers. Yes. Yes. So by you just saying oh. that now, you were saying dudes get butt naked to be pro. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and now, okay, we're clear. Good. We, ha- we have someone in my guild who, who does do that. He, a second that he's out of combat, he'll take his trousers off his character and wander around the guild hall in just his underwear. <laughs> and at one time, he actually did a vanquish and got about 95% of the way through before he realized he hadn't put his trousers back on. <laughs> what profession was he? <laughs> Ritualist. Nice. And he was the only one in the area with henchmen and heroes. That was pretty awesome, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do with a ritualist is summon a bunch of spirits and they take the heat for you. But this is before the, they oh, buffed really? the summoning spirits. This was okay. at least a year ago. So he's all summoning just... spirits and hiding behind him. Don't look. <laughs> I just got this screenshot come through of him in this area, like butt naked, and then him going, guess what I did? And I was just like, oh god, no. Look at my crutch. <laughs> anyway, a bit off topic there. Yeah, so, okay, moving on. All races can be in a profession, period, confirmed. No more uh, asking whether or not, because you saw a lot of that. Well, that hasn't been confirmed. Now it is, so there you have it. Sweet. See, I... I had assumed that since the Elementalist was revealed, because I figured if they were going to restrict classes to different races, I figured that the Char would not have any spellcasters. Because before we start getting all getting all this information, um, all the spellcasters we thought were part of the Flame Legion, and that they got Oof. their spellcasting abilities from the dragons. Now that Ghosts of Ascalon is out and that we've got more lore, we know that's not the case. But for a long time, that was that was what everybody assumed. Actually, funny thing, um, I was reading up on the wiki because I, right now t- on the weekend it's like Double Vanquish Day for uh Char for sorry for I have the North areas. So I was looking up in some of the enemies there, and apparently 
one of the char creatures that you fight there they're spellcasters but they're not part of the flame legion it was actually confirmed somewhere in the lore oh cool they weren't part of the flame legion and they were just actually spellcasters so i don't know if that really i don't know the significance of this but eh. Uh, I hate this mic. Relic Zor, now in hiccup vision. <laughs> yeah, I had a hiccup right in the middle of saying that. That's what made it best. <laughs> uh, Guild Wars 2 is going to be Tyria-focused, as in Tyria the continent, not just the world. So, um, I don't know, we might see expansions that focus on other parts of the world, but that was one point. So Tyria being kind of the prophecies, Eye of the North area. That's okay. And That's then, what I expected. Yeah, I think most people expected that. Yeah. Um, there's as long no... as they bring back Kantha, it's all good. And Togo. We all need a Togo. Mm. He's probably going to show up as like a ghost some at some point say, during the game. If Togo's still alive, that's a bit weird. The, well, uh, we need a Togo type guy, but... Zombie they do, Togo. They, they'll bring, yeah, zombie, zombie Togo back, and he can either sit there and talk your ear off, or you can shoot him in the brain. There will be if you shoot him in the brain, your mission will fail. No, your mission will succeed. It's like, here's the shortcut. That zombie over there, peg him in the head. Or you can just do it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> That's ArenaNet's way of saying, we get it. You hate him. I was going to say, if you shoot him in the head, dude, does his head explode with sweets? <laughs> That'd be disgusting. <laughs> it would be disgusting. I saw a great t-shirt this week, which was um, a zombie ninja monkey that was trying to decide whether to have banana or brains. That was fantastic. You'll have some... Um, <laughs> Norn walking up to you. Where'd you get the Pez dispenser? Uh, the zombies. <laughs> you see that mashed up carcass over there? Yeah. Um. Okay. So point and click control will not uh, return because ArenaNet is focusing more on kind of a, I think a more standard movement system that people easily adapt to. WASD. Ooh, big boo from me. Oh, you like the point and click, huh? I do like the point and click because I'm very. You like lazy. the point and click? Weird. That's really weird. I hated the point and click. Like with a no, passion. No, I like it. I like it. Um, mostly because, you know, you can be clicking and still doing stuff. You can take a drink whilst you're still fighting. It's a very lazy way of controlling things, I know, but I kind of liked it being there. Mm-hmm. I think that right there kind of represents the overall community feel about it, is some people are going to be really glad about it. Other people piss, and then, I don't know, I use both, so I don't really care. I Honestly, turned it off. I don't really use it, but I... I don't really care one way or the other. The level cap is going to be 80. And a lot of people are kind of going, Oh my god, World of Warcraft! Um, but their That's what I was thinking, actually. But their explanation of how the 80 is going to work is it's going to be incrementally the same between each level. So when you're level, getting from level 30 to 40 is going to be the same as getting from 50 to 60, or at least somewhat close. It's going to take the same amount of time. Yeah, so a lot of people aren't realizing just how much grind that still removes. A lot of people felt that leveling to 20 was too easy. But a lot of people also feel that in games like WoW, leveling to 80 is ridiculous, myself included. So I think mm-hmm. this is a good minute, you know, midway where it's like, all right, it's not as hard to get there, but you still have to get to a similar level as other games. The one thing that didn't come out of that, that release was actually what the point of a level is. Because they said that, you know, the level cap's going to be 80 and you're going to be able to get there pretty fast because we don't want leveling to be the reason to play the game. It's not content, it's, you know, just something that happens. But they didn't tell us why we would want to level in the first place, whether there's going to be areas that are locked up until your certain level or, you know, what what benefits are there to being level 80 that you don't get at level 10? I'm 
Yeah, I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of diminishing returns. And I'm actually thinking about comparing it to Diablo and Pokemon, as ridiculous as that sounds. Whereas you've got this stupidly high level cap that not really everybody reaches, but you don't really have to reach it either. I mean, I'm not saying that not everyone is going to reach 80, but that it's not going to be the be-all, end-all to have a level 80 like it is in WoW. So my first character can be an Asura named Pikachu! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it could be, but... I will hunt you down. (laughs) I wouldn't like you for it. (laughs) No one will break with you. Personally, you would have gotten more uh, points with me if you said Mudkip, but whatever. Oh yeah, Mudkip's... Yeah. (laughs) Or Hamtaro. Wait, he's not a Pokemon. Never mind. I always ask people in all chat if they like Hamtaro, and then I ask them to be honest, and I get the best results from that. But, okay, aside from the level cap, I'm good with that level cap, though. I just want to say that. I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. They'll either make it so that you'll get to level 80 in, like, a month or or two months of playing, or they'll make it so that you won't reach it until you've been playing for three years. <laughs> but that won't matter in the long run. Yeah, but that's what I mean, is that either they'll make it, like, a Skill Wars 1, that you get to the cap really quickly, and then the game starts, or that it'll take you so long to reach that actually that it, whatever level you are is immaterial. Yeah, because yeah. at level 60 you'll be kind of just as good as an 80 except for a couple small things or something yeah. like that. And that's really what I think is likely much. because I remember them talking about having no level cap at all. I know they were playing with that idea for a while. Yeah. That's true. I actually read about that as well. Um, they were just saying it would just basically be um, you would slowly just improve. You wouldn't really improve by all that much. There would be a diminishing returns in that end of the stick. But um in PvP, everything would just be equal. Everything would be standardized. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. you make up <laughs> cracking me up. <laughs> and they're going to bring back the old humor of Guild Wars Classic. Such as... I start calling it Guild Wars Classic all the time now, and I'm blaming you for that. Oh, you may. Guild Wars original, man. Guild Wars Classic. It's not a classic. It's not a classic. It's not polished. Your mom's not classic. <laughs> yes, so? I don't see how that's pertinent to the conversation. (laughs) Uh, Since the conversation is devolving, probably my own fault, uh, no heroes and henchies, but there will be allies to control in other fashion, such as the Gaki. Togo. Sweet, I guess. (laughs) I guess it's going to be, uh, yeah. It kind of just points to minions coming back to me. Yeah. Minions will only really come back if... It's like required. Like you actually feel that you can't really get through this content unless you bring another few bodies. I think some people feel a little more adamant on this topic. I think Loudon really liked Heroes and Henchies. That dude's coming up way too much for somebody that hasn't been on the show yet. I'm glad we're about to remedy that. I don't think I care too much. I I have enough people and friends to hang out with, unlike Loudon, that it's fine by me. Ooh, ow! Yeah, so mean there now. So mean. And reconnecting in Guild Wars 2 is going to be better and more efficient than it was even in in the current version, which to me is awesome news because it was already better, in my opinion, than most MMOs in Guild Wars Classic. Now, with Guild Wars 2, if that's even better, that'll be Slick Chickens. Oh, yeah. I prefer I that, that they didn't disconnect me in the first place, but yeah. 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 So I found that with uh, Guild Wars, it was integral that, you know, they had that system where you were able to get back into the into the game after a disconnect really quickly. <laughs> anyway, um... Okay, I lost my train of thought, but... Yeah, that's what I was going for. Okay, so basically... 
Yeah, the reason why it was so important to get back into the, the game in Guild Wars is because if you were disconnected, you wouldn't come back. And that would mean that every if your group cared for it, they would have to go back into the area, the the outpost that you came out of, and grab you back, and then start the entire mission or the entire vanquish or the entire whatchamacallit back again, back from square one. And that's really annoying, I think. Yeah. 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 I've had to deal yeah. with that plenty before, too. Like, I mean, in other games, you don't really have that issue because it's not all instanced. And that's just, and even in some games, when they have that instance thing, you can still pick someone back up again. I don't know. That's just my pet peeve. Yeah. Well, the part of the, the bonus to Guild Wars 2 is it's mostly going to be persistent. So sure. that will already kind of negate part of that problem. But if they also beef up the reconnection system, that's a two-way fix. And then it was, oh, they'll have full-on and heavily integrated voice acting. That will be nice. You know, hopefully no more Danicas. Also, my question is, where do I apply as a voice actor? I'll believe it when I hear it, ArenaNet, by the way. Relics they of promised or... us an article on it a long time ago. They said it was soon, but it hasn't happened yet. They weren't talking about uh, that video with Felicia Day? No. Oh, no, that was, was after that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think. They said it was specifically voice acting and with examples. The only thing I'm, I'm worried about is they're going to fully voice act most of the game. Um, what's going to happen for the hard of hearing? How are they going to know that someone's house is burning down and they're not looking in the right direction? They're going to need to put some subtitles or closed captions in. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping they'll do too. Like they did with the um, the cinematics here. You can yes. turn on subtitles. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this I game. I heard the normal are really tall. That's just speculation. Uh, mostly just a response from last week's Speculator's Corner from... I want to pull a Sean here, so I'm going to try and say this correctly. Greibach. I don't know, it sounds German to me. Um, Greibach from the Guild Wars 2 Guru Forum said, Just a FYI, on the cost of persistence versus instance, I don't recall where, but they have expressly said that the reason that the Guild Wars 1, you mean Guild Wars Classic, buddy, was instanced, had little to do with cost. They indicated that they have developed a model that is much easier on servers than most people think, and that the difference in maintenance cost will be minimal, which is why they can stay with a new subscription model. I will try to look for the source, but I know that they have explained it somewhat. And he did give us a source. That'll be in the show notes. Um, yeah, so that's pretty reassuring. And a few other people, even in the comments for last week's episode, beefed that response up. So, no, we are not going to be looking at a hit in cost to ArenaNet for going persistent. Woo! Woo! And there was much rejoicing. As a new player to Guild Wars... Ah, Togo, I just want to get through this already! Shut up! Going to Guild Wars Classic, not Guild Wars Original or anything stupid like that. Togo's Soapbox. You'll notice that that intro did not change, thanks to Ben, who pretty much threatened to take my firstborn if I change that. The question is, what are elite skills and how do I get them? They come from monsters. You go and rip them from their cold, dead hands. Yep. You'll take it from yep. my cold, dead hands, Bill Clinton. So, yeah, there's basically two ways you can okay. get elite skills. One is to go and get a signet capture and go kill mo- the bosses and go and rip them from their dead bodies. The alternative one is to go and unlock it with uh, Balthazar Faction uh, through PvP and then buy yourself an elite skill tome and then go grab it. There's that radio personality, Tasha. Good work. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much how you get an elite skill. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason they are considered elite is because they are balanced in such a fashion that they can only account for one of them being on your bar, or two if you're tricky, 
but yeah, it's it's not it's not on balance with other skills. You know, your average skills in the game. Do you usually find that there's a if there's an elite skill for it, there's a slightly worse normal skill for it? Um, like say mm-hmm. barrage and volley. Um, they kind of do the same job. It's but it's one that's not elite and one that is elite, which allows you to kind of change your bar up to get a little bit more out of it. If you can compromise on you know missing out on a bit of damage or what have you. But also to know that some of the elite skills are god awful. Mm-hmm. Some of the skills are god awful. Well, yeah. yeah. But one of the things about elite skills, a lot of builds also utilize mechanics to either echo them or renew them. So echo from the mesmer tree or uh, glyph of renewal. Arcane echo. Yeah, stuff like that. Or there's also the spell arcane mimicry, which mimics the elite from somebody else in the group. So there are ways around it. Or you can just go out and cap an elite skill while you have another one. And for the time you're in that explorable, you'll have that elite. But that's that's a really stupid way to try and make a build. There are some areas where you can um, you can sort of stack them up. And you used to be able to go out into Perdition Rock and take one elite skill and then seven capture signets and end up with a full bar of elites. Now, hmm. they've limited that down to only having three PBE skills and the capture signet counts as the PBE skill. So you can't do that anymore, but if you go poke around places like Google Images, you'll probably find some pictures, and yeah, they're quite amusing. But yeah, uh, the role of an elite skill is basically to be the centerpiece skill in a build. That's usually how it works. It's usually there to be... Usually when you have people say, oh, this is a SF build, or this is a um, eviscerate build, they're always talking about the elite, and it's usually because the elite is the center skill that the build is based around off of everything is tailored around that elite being in the bar because it's such a big it's like it's kind of like the keystone basically of the build mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i don't know if i'm a, if i'm a, making a dervish i don't slap a bunch of scythe attacks on the build and call it a scythe attack bar i call it i don't know i'd based on the elite that i use that i use off of because it's so much easier to like because you can really just understand like what the build is supposed to do just based on the elite because the elite is just so powerful compared to your average skill that you can usually just base a strategy off of using this elite skill to complement your strategy. Okay, so um, now for the pros, and here, here comes one of my favorite intros so far. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. All right, for pro tips, auto hotkey. You guys heard of auto hotkey before? Yeah. Uh-uh. This is. I just googled it, and all I'm getting is a bunch of Guild Wars hack scripts. Oh God. Um. No, well, it can be used that way. I wouldn't advise it. Now, th- this no, is. No, I wouldn't advise it either. That's why I'm bringing this up. Is uh, okay. So in other games, like WoW, you can have some pretty crazy key bindings. Like Shift Q is what I used for a lot of skills and stuff like that. That way, I could still use Q alone for other things, other bindings. Guild Wars doesn't really allow you to have those modifiers in your key bindings, and Auto Hotkey will allow that, as well as some other things. Problem is, some people are saying that it has made them more... It has made them seem more suspicious to ArenaNet, if not uh, getting a full-out ban because of it. Uh, now, the question is, are these people actually doing questionable things, and ArenaNet's just nailing them, and they're like, Whoa, I was using Auto Hotkey, that's all. Or, are you know... are they completely innocent and ArenaNet just accidentally flagged them wrong? It's a good question and it's hard to answer unless you're one of those people. I think ArenaNet's stance on it has always been a case of if you're using something that's automated to perform actions that would, uh, you know, move your character or um, have you, um, you know, fight basically for you, that's not allowed. 
Um, from what I've seen, they don't really mind it if you're using a script um, to paste text into the, t- the chat window. Um, I don't use AutoHotKey at home. I use it at work because it's really handy for you know, bringing up calculators and what have you. But I do have a G15, um, and that obviously has all the macro abilities in it anyway. Um, the only scripts I've ever used in Guild Wars, I have one that does slash resign because I get bored of typing that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, I think, as far as ArenaNet will let you go with it, is typing text into the chat channels. That's funny. It's when you, I have that same problem, and I always end up typing slash resing because I'm going to sing something again. Yeah. Especially, especially because I used to do speed clears as a period where I just did loads and loads of speed clears and um, typing slash resign all the time got really boring. So yeah, well, you can also type slash give up, can't you? It's still the same number of letters rather than just pressing G one. Yeah. yeah, but it's different. Enter G one enter. Yeah. I'm yeah. lazy. So auto hotkey is something people can look into. I'm not necessarily advocating it by putting it on this show, but I'm wanting everyone to know what it is and why people talk about it. So The thing is, I can't really think of a reason other than using it for text and to maybe bring up MSN or Ventrilo or something else that you would use it for with Guild Wars that wouldn't be violating the rules. Well, what about just yeah. changing your key bindings? Because I love my shift and control button modifier. Mm-hmm capacity i that that was really big to me when i first came back to guild wars because i learned to really keybind heavy like even in my job for autocad i'm keybind heavy now so when i got in there i'm like really i have to go with just a letter for the keybinding that kind of sucks when i, I first I, started when sorry, i first started playing guild wars i would have my i would have two skills bound to my left and right buttons on my mouse but after i stopped playing guild wars um i started using one of my mouse buttons for ventrilo and now I want to do both, and I really can't, not with this mouse. And I don't like the mouses that have like five million buttons. So if I could hit, hold shift, hold down shift, and my side mouse buttons would do something different, that would just be fantastic. But yeah, so there's your rundown on auto hockey. Um, if, if you're going to ask me what to do, I would say don't use it. Adapt to what Guild Wars has available for you already. Um and in Guild Wars 2, hopefully I can have my shift key modifiers. Otherwise, I will slander them profusely on this podcast. The one thing that I've always wanted and really wish that ReNet would put into um, their whole keybind system is the ability to save the templates. So you can just save That's your true. configuration and then go mm. and change it for something else completely different. And then be able to like load it up at will. Because quite often I've wanted one where I've been controlling heroes, another one where I've wanted to do PvP, and another one I'm doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually put it on a suggestion on Guild Wars 2 Guru a while ago, and it probably was about four months ago, so it probably got buried now, but I had a little bit of support for that. So, yeah, that'd be that nice. That would be very useful. That would be very useful. Are listening, please, if you're doing templates, please. So, uh, wrapping up our segments here today, um, there's going to be one more big topic, and it's thanks to Hunter from Hunter's Insight blog, who is wrong about Guild Wars Original, and he said... I sat down the other day to write a blog post about what the new assassin would be like and came across two problems. The first is shadow stepping. In the racist trailer, the char resembling Ritlock, Ritlock Brimstone, at 328, uses a skill that leaves a purplish black trail and many have described it as Death's Charge. The problem is, he doesn't teleport. The second part is stealth. It's very popular and common to find a rogue, to find roguelike classes. I'm not in favor of its addition to Guild Wars 2, but in various interviews, there have been allusions to stealthy pets and surprise attacks from pets. 
I don't think they'd give that ability solely to pets, but I suppose it's possible. My questions are as follows. Is Shadow Step the Assassin unique mechanic, a special skill type, or even in the game? Is Stealth the unique mechanic, a special skill type, or even in the game? I have yet to resolve the issue in my head or finish that post, so feedback is appreciated. Okay. I prefer I, Shadow Step to Stealth, to be honest, because I find Stealth same. is the is just this. Okay, I, this is from experience from playing. So judge me. Anyway, I found that Stealth was pretty much a crutch on the classes that used it because if it broke for whatever reason, lag, whatever, it's botched. In some encounters, whether it be a player versus environment encounter or a player versus player encounter. If you botched your stealth or there were mechanics given to other classes or races that allowed them to see you through stealth, you were pretty much out of luck. You lost a huge portion of the advantage that is your class. And I think that's really, I don't know, I don't think that's really healthy for a game like Guild Wars 2, which is trying to on the uh, balance that it had at the start of Guild Wars 1. For rogues, I remember in, in WoW, people really got to where they hated rogues. And I, I don't blame people on that at all because, I mean, they were either ridiculously annoying and dirty because of it, or they were ridiculously easy because the person didn't know how to apply stealth correctly, and so you'd rip them apart. Like, I remember being a priest, and they had a skill called mind vision, so you could see from their eyes. If you threw that on them before they stealthed, then even when they did go into stealth, you were still seeing through their eyes, so you knew where they were. And you could throw a damage spell on them once they were close enough, and that would just completely hose them. That one simple step, now you can't fight me. You've already lost. It's, I don't know, it seems a little ridiculous on that level. Maybe, though, if there was, like, um, a more reserved or conservative stealth mechanic where you can pop into stealth, but you've got 30 seconds to do what you're trying to do, that might be cool. Well, I've got the interviews where they talked about it pulled up, if you'd like to hear that. Um, one was a PC Gamer interview that was that came out right about the time the Ranger did. And the exact quote is, PC Gamer asks, what kind of new abilities can they, talking about the pets, gain? And Eric Flanham says, the Snow Leopard can gain stealth and the ability to stun guys when it attacks from the rear and things like that. So that's a pretty... He says he it gains stealth. He doesn't say if it disappears or if it maybe is just a decreased amount to hit it. We're not sure. He didn't go into anything specific about that and then there was another interview on a french site uh, gamecult.com and i'll be reading two different two different quotes from the same interview uh, one of them is it is the question was let's see in mmos pvp players tend to ignore the pet and directly attack its master what are your plans for pets play and role in pvp um, pets in Guild Wars 2 are crucial to the choice of skills for the ranger. A pet's, a pet's stealth may have a crippling blow that will force the target to attack him before approaching the ranger. Um, I'm not sure that refers specifically to stealth. I think they might just be saying it's a stealthy pet. It is a Google Translate from French, so it's not the best. And let's see, where's the other one? Okay. Um, the pets have their strengths and weaknesses according to their species, or what will they share the same skills and the same powers? Part of the answer says, a bear may thus have a powerful roar while a cat will rather recourse to a surprise attack. That could be a reference to stealth or a surprise, or like it says, a surprise attack as well. 
Um, what I think, though, is the information we have right now is rather sketchy. Um, I think it's suspicious, definitely, especially in the PC Gamer interview when he says, he comes right out and says, the Snow Leopard can gain stealth. So I think it's possible, but I'm going to wait before, I'd like to wait and hear more before I say anything conclusive. What I'm hoping for is, and this will be kind of a nod to the Texas Chicken, is the stealth ability that would be somewhat like the Predator. You can see him, but not always. And when he's moving, maybe a little more obvious. That was like a camouflage. Yeah, and and then the the pet could even like once it reaches you, where the player that stealth thing reaches you, they could get they could say something like some candy. (laughs) I'd be happier if they had like a red dot over the enemy's face or something like that. (laughs) The thing that I'm a little bit worried about if stealth actually means turning invisible, is how they're going to explain that with lore because the shadow stepping is already explained. We're used to it, but stealth in the more obvious invisibility terms is not explained. Actually. Yeah, I always wondered about that in games where you could stealth. Is like, how, how do you justify that? A rogue isn't a magic user, so what's he doing to make light completely pass through him? That makes no sense. Unless there's like some a wizard kind of, did it. I mean, the only <laughs> a wizard did it. <laughs> unless they can justify it with like a, a type of magic that was cast upon them, or maybe they are magic users of kind of a stealthy. Ah, sh- I don't mm. know. I don't think I know. There's been certain allusions to it and stuff like that, but we haven't actually had the assassin directly confirmed. I think we're gonna see a little bit of stealth type stuff. It's very popular, as frustrating as it might be. I don't know. I know I had a lot of fun with it when I played my druid in WoW. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also recognized that it was really obnoxious, especially with the rogues. So I personally would like to have it. But I won't be heartbroken if it's not there because I know there's a lot more people that really, really hate it too. I just and I'm sorry. I just want everybody to love Guild Wars too. Yeah, I I don't want it to be like the central hinging point on any profession because that's what it was for the rogues. I think mm-hmm. that that bit right there is crucial. It can't be a mechanic that makes or breaks a profession. Mm-hmm. Like shadow stepping wasn't, so it doesn't no. have to be now. Shadow stepping was fun. I, the mechanics were a bit meh, but it was actually quite a good, fun thing to do. Yeah. Like, zip, 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 zip. So there's your response, Hunter. I hope that was good. For some iTunes, iTunes reviews, we got two of them this week. One of them came from Adam's username, and he started off with, Brilliant! Wait, could you say that for me, Tasha? Brilliant! Very good. All right. And he said... It's great to see a podcast with such high production value. Not in reference to the segment intros, though those are cool too. Well, hopefully we fix that this time around, dude. Um, the cast I knows... Wait, I'm sorry. Reading fail. The cast knows what they're talking about, have a great fluency on air, and really make for some great discussion. I actually find myself laughing at a lot of the off-the-cuff quips. Keep up the great work. This is now my favorite podcast. And he spelled favorite with O-U-R, which I'm sure Tasha approves of, and I do not. I do, but I have to say... Your English accent wasn't as bad as it has been that time. No, I can do a pretty good English accent, to be quite honest with you. I'm trying to think... I'm going to try and channel Terpster now. Do you guys know who that is? Nuh-uh. Uh, maybe never mind. What if I channel that Attenborough guy? I'll read the next one like oh, that. Oh, yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah. Do David Attenborough. That'd An be awesome. excellent overview and discussion of news for Guild Wars 2. I can't do that the whole time. That would be obnoxious. <laughs> it would be too similar to what Chaz has sounded like this whole time. Oh! <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, this one's by Greibach again, so maybe I'll do this as a German. No, I don't. You guys do a pretty good job at recapping all the latest news and announcements from various press releases and, inter- and interviews. 
I personally know all the stuff you talk about already because I obsessively spam F5 on GuildWars2.com and GuildWars2Guru.com. But even knowing all the info you could cover ahead, it's still very fun and interesting to hear you all discuss the happenings. You all are very well-spoken and informed both about things from Guild Wars 1, classic, he didn't actually write that, and the news for Guild Wars 2, and it is a great way for me to spend an hour a week. I highly recommend it to anyone at all interested in this game series, no matter how in or out of the loop you are. Hopefully you all can keep it coming, and maybe even continue it after the release of Guild Wars 2. Smiley face. Sweet. Maybe it's just my Midwestern come through, but every time you said you all, I wanted to smush it into a y'all. <laughs> You've also been talking to the Texas chicken too much. <laughs> How you guys all doing? <clears throat> and we even got more feedback. This one is audio-wise, which this, this is this is my preferred way to receive audio. Unfortunately, the background noise I think he was driving caused Google Translate to say, I'm not even going to try. Either that or it was tired of being insulted by me laughing at the way it transcribed. <laughs> but we did get a call from Riot Proof, who sent us an iTunes review last week, and here it is. Hey, this is Ron in Atlanta. I'm a Guild Wars player. I've been since sometime in 2007. I've got my third year birthday present from my first tune I created, which is still my main as an element for So, uh... I found your podcast, and it's awesome. I listen to Guildcast. So uh, I'm listening to all three current Guild Wars podcasts that are going on. And uh, i got to say, in all honesty, you guys are really rocking and rolling. Uh, I left uh, an iTunes review under Riot Group. I don't usually leave iTunes reviews. Uh, I'm not trying to make you feel special, but your podcast is kind of special. So I guess that makes you guys kind of special. I meant the stuff that I left in the review. Really good stuff. Really funny. Uh to do whatever you want to do with the show because uh, it's working really well. So keep it up. Uh, there's people listening, and there'll only be more. It's just a really good show. All right. Thanks a bunch, and bye. Right. So um, I have edited that a little bit, cut it down a little because some of the audio quality, you couldn't tell what it said. Keep that in mind, guys. I don't mind if you call. While you're in the car, I know that I've called podcasts doing that, but just be ready for some of it to be cut because we have no idea what the fuck you said. And thank you, Ron. Thank you very much for the compliments. I'm also waiting for the Texas chicken to call in. He said he's going to be our troll via phone. Nice. <laughs> Although some of the stuff he was expecting to say are pretty saucy. I have to keep a tight lid on that guy. But, uh, yeah. Um, closing up, there, the standard fare, gotta talk about these things. Relics is compiling a Guild Wars community list. So if you have an online site, blog, podcast, whatever, and you want it to be in a central listing, send it to us at relicsofore at gmail.com. Um, you might also want to check out the guildwars2fans.com fan listing. Theirs is really robust, and I think it's because, unlike my lazy butt, he's actually going in there and picking out people and writing stuff up himself, so that's cool. And if you have a site, you might want to check also to make sure that what's being said about you is primo, because I'm sure he would change it to whatever you'd like. Um, maybe, maybe that site will take that feature from us, which I will be so sad about. Not really. <clears throat> our Guild Wars Guild is recruiting. You can see our forums for the application process. Um, it's, it, it was a little more active last week. I think everybody's kind of getting into the groove of their lifestyle and also being in a guild, so things were a little bit slower this week. But uh, definitely not lame. Totally willing to take in more people. Looking forward to that. We request more iTunes comments. We read them on the show, obviously. Maybe someday we'll be getting too many to do that, so get them in now while you can. Well, there's still time! <sighs> 
can I just take a second to promote my Guild show? Is that okay? Yeah, I'm going to open the door to my car while you do that. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the lovely folks at Infinity Radio have finally given me a full, full, you know, um, Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2 show. It's Wednesdays at 6 p.m. GMT, so that would be 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you're at your work, you can still get a dose of Guild Wars. I do a recap of all the news. We also do some fun things in game. Um, last week I played hide and seek with people, and they got given some free stuff. Uh, which is kind of nice. Um, also looking for more games to play with people, so if you head onto the Relics of All forum, there's a thread on there about all the little mini-games that people can play, um, like Dodgeball and um, Hide and Seek. So if you've got any little games like that, please do let us know on that thread, and I will get them on the air and give away some stuff as well, because it's kind of cool. Is this show live? It is absolutely live, three hours every Wednesday. And I put the request lines on, and it's kind of a free-for-all for music, so... If you're at work, you get some music and you get some random Guild Wars stuff thrown in there. If you're in game, you get to hear some entertainment whilst you're playing. And if you're actually like jumping around the world with me, um, then obviously you get some free stuff as a bonus. That is Split yes. Infinity, or I'm sorry, siradio.fm. Yes. And I was it is. not aware that this had gotten the green light, so I'm. Excited. It has got the green light as of this week. Well, last week was my, was officially the first show. Um, this week it'll be back again. And yeah, I will keep people posted. I'm also doing a show on Sunday nights, but that's mostly music and not Guild Wars related at all. So. Well, I know a lot of people have actually gone over there and they've complimented Split Infinity. Um, they, and they told me that. I'm like, well, I'm not running Split Infinity Radio, but I'll pass the word <laughs> on, which I have not till now. We do have an IRC channel on Split Infinity Radio, so if you do want to get in touch with anyone, best thing to do is just to hop into IRC because the DJs are on there pretty much 24-7. So yeah. All the information for that is on the Split Infinity Radio homepage which we will link to in the show notes. And we're also looking to spread our listenership a lot. We want people to know about us. So if you have guildies, we'd love it if you told them about us. If you have people you know they get real bored at work. I know I, for one, can't listen to music all day like a lot of these other CAD guys do. So I'll pull up my random favorite podcasts. And uh, if you could recommend us to those people as being one of those podcasts that will help them stay sane, that would be most excellent. You can contact us at relicsofor at gmail.com. That is relicsofor at gmail.com. Call us at 708-202-9262. And we are on Twitter and Facebook. Just look up Relics of War on both of those. Um, yeah. Are we jumping into Wheel of Morality? Yep. Go for it. Okay. Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn, Tiger Feet. If you think Silvari are nice and sweet and meek because they're plants, you have obviously never planted cucumbers. I'm Ryan. I'm Tiger. I'm Tasha. And I'm John. Wait a second, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's reading the show notes.
Um, <laughs> now, now that that's over, I have to know what's up with cucumbers. They went everywhere, and they're strangling everything around them. Got to use the word savvy in there, like John Sparrow would do. Savvy. John Sparrow. I mean Jack Sparrow. Did I say John Sparrow? You, you did. did indeed. Yeah, you I'm did. Idiot. You're voted off. <laughs> you want the week's like <laughs> goodbye. I can't think. Pardon well. me, but would you mind if I fired me cannon through your porthole? <laughs> All right, I'm in pull shatter. Chaz makes Hello? the entrance of doom. <laughs> oh no! The purpose of this shot seems to demonstrate the human's corset technology. Even though it's a picture of a Norn. Oh, someone's mind's in the gutter. <laughs> She's from England. It's like they're from birth. <laughs> That's actually completely true as well. Okay. Kevin, be that something awesome over... Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of squint your eye and act like... Like, if you saw my face right now, you'd be cracking up. What is he doing? Do you know what it must look like to your neighbours? Because you're sitting in a car, talking to no one, and squinting with like a little weird face. Hey, ya Homer. You want a pro tip on the house? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. Okay, Mr. Burns. Or, yes, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns? Oh, that was more like... That was more like the principal. Bart yeah. Simpson? So now we call him Bicky. Like everyone calls him Bicky for a long time. That'd be a good was... nickname. Oh yeah, because it means biscuit in a lot of English slang, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I call nice. him Bicky all the time in America. It means nothing. So they're like, "That's cute." But when I said it to Smith, he's like, "You call your son a biscuit?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> That'd be fine. My mom used to call me pumpkin and munchkin and things like that. I now get called Hobbit, which is, I think, biscuit is far better. You know, now that I think about it, it's kind of cool. I'm calling my son Biscuit in English slang. That's cool. You're so continental. I guess so. Hey, if you're if I'm continental, then that makes you right a continental breakfast. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. And I couldn't do a show in my underwear either. <laughs> what? Wish I had done before, by the way. <laughs> It doesn't stop the breeding of contempt in you for me You want Be Be Yes!